You've tuned into the Rev Up podcast, broadcasting straight from Ducati Sanford in sunny central Florida. We're not just talking motorcycles, we're diving deep into the brilliant minds of business leaders, entrepreneurial pioneers, speed demons on the track, influential game changers, and downright rad people crushing this game called life. Let's Rev Up. Thank you for joining us. This is the Rev Up podcast. We're super excited to be here. I'm Nate. You know, Ducati Dave, he's here. (laughs) Yes. The man, the myth, the legend. Um, So we are here to do this podcast and we're just trying something new. And and, um, kind of the purpose behind it is the fact that we just come in contact with amazing customers, people, people, on a a day-to-day basis in the dealership. And we wanted to get some of these individuals on the podcast. So this first podcast is kind of our origin story just to kind of give you guys an introduction to me and and Ducati Dave but we are going to have a lot of guests on uh, as we move forward and kind of work the bugs out yeah but um, um, we just you know it's just amazing the people that we deal with day to day day that that I wish some of these conversations were you know, recorded. recorded. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so we were just joking around one day. We're like, when do you do a podcast with these guys? (laughs) Yes. And here we are. Yeah. So so. it's pretty cool. I I really dig it. I'm, I'm really happy and glad that you're one of the ones that are down to do what needs to be done and, and things that people haven't done in our industry yet as an owner, you're coming in and you're saying, let's try new stuff. Let's do different things. You're, I've been doing this for, I guess, 23 years now. How long have you been doing it? Yeah, 21, 22. So you're one of the most involved owners that I've ever dealt with and one of the funnest. Uh, and you're not afraid to try new things. So that's where we're at right now. We're in this new world to us. So if we're nervous, if we're messing this up, we apologize. But we wanted to have fun and, and introduce you guys to our world and, and our family because where we're at, we don't do transactions. We do... Um, like, how do you say it? Like it, it, we build a family. So most dealerships, it's a transaction. People don't come back. Um, or if they do, you know, but they don't do like what they do with us. So let me get this straight. We're not going to talk about religion, politics, and not flatter. Negative. Ne- well, flatter. No, negative. Negative. No, We're no, going to talk no, about no the conspira- cool things. Conspiracy theories. Like, well, we could do a little bit on that, but it only <laughs> end up back on motorcycles. So. <laughs> no, what it's all about is, it's not even about us. This part of it is, but it's going to be about our our family members, the people, like you said, that we come into contact with their stories and how they got into motorcycles. And that's what we're doing today is you're going to tell your story. I'll give a little of my story and then we'll tell what's going on and what we have planned, you know, and right. hopefully you guys like it and tune in and help us get better. So like we're talking to musicians, artists, uh, racers, racers, uh, business, business people, owners, entrepreneurs. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's just, there's so many facets of, of the <laughs> rainbow. Of Seriously. Rainbow. Yeah. yeah we, like it's, it's really cool who we come in contact with. So we're going to bring some really special guests on and yes. we're, we're excited, but, uh, um, yeah, man, yeah, here we are. Cool. We're doing it. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. So as we start this and kind of do our little origin story, um, you guys are going to learn a little bit about how we got into the industry and, and how things are right now. But my question to you is, where did you come up with the rev up thing? <laughs> it's so funny. Everybody asks me. So funny story. 
um, I was talking to Oscar and you know how me and Oscar are into music and bands. Just so and, you guys like, know, Oscar was, uh, and still is one of our family members, but he worked for us for almost a little over two years. He was right. one of my sales guys. It was right. just me and him. Yeah. So me and Oscar like this band called Madball. Yes. And they're like this underground punk rock, hardcore band. And he's comes to me one day and he's like, Hey man, Madball's coming to town. Like, <laughs> and this was like right after COVID. Like, yeah. so things were kind of still not shut down, but people weren't really going out to concerts as much, yeah. but like the, they're coming to town and we're like, let's go. Like, this is, this is going to be cool. awesome. Yeah. So he convinces me to go and I'm driving to the show. Um, it's in this little no name club in downtown Orlando, oh just a God. total dive. And so I'm blasting the new record. Like I'm like, I'm going to listen to some bad ball, get hyped for the show. Right. And the song comes on and it's called rev up. And the song is like badass. Just, and it has like this cool um, sample in the beginning and the guy's like rev up. So <laughs> right. I like that rev up thing kind of stuck in my head. And so I get to the show and meet up with Oscar, grab a beer, go into the venue to kind of catch the opening act. Yeah, and yeah. as I'm walking in, I don't really, I'm not really paying attention, but I'm literally walking right through like the mosh pit. Right in the pit? Like, like right through the middle. Oh my God. And people really weren't going off. Right. Like they were kind of just kind of getting started. And I was like totally clueless, like had a beer in my hand walking through and I get cold cocked, like, no like way. knocked out. Like, how do I not know this? Oscar comes, picks me up, drags me to the back of the venue. You, you good, dude. You good. Beer's like all gone. And I have this like giant welt on my face the next morning. I have a black eye. So I get back to the shop and everyone in the store is like, that's right. How did you get a black eye? And I'm like, well, me and Oscar went to this you show. You stayed vague with it. You never and, really said that. And they're much. like, what, what concert would you, would, Nate, what type of concert would you go to <laughs> that you would get a black eye? Like, dude, what are you into? And I'm like explaining everything. And they're like, they're like, there's just no way. Like, this is, this is crazy. So that's when I said, you know what, we were trying to come up with a moniker or something to, right. to kind of use in our marketing and do it on t-shirts, something fun. And I was like, let's do Rev Up. And Oscar knew what I was talking yeah, about. Yeah, and he so was like, yes, yes, let's do it. So that's where the whole Rev Up thing came from. So I um, knew, I like you said, you were very vague about it. You didn't really say what happened. And you kind of held that till now, which is kind of cool because yeah. that's the, I knew you guys went to the concert. I knew something happened with your eye, but I never knew what actually happened. So that's kind of crazy. Yeah. And you know, we're what, 23 now? I got 24? caught in the mosh. They call it. <laughs> you got caught in the mosh? Yeah. What hit you? A uh, guy's fist. I got oh, so straight up just. Dude, like, yeah, I was like just totally casually nice. walking through and just. So did you tell him thanks after? Or? No, I was like, no, I was right. like, oh, dude. Like I, he had to like pick me up and like drag me to the back. Oh, it was like, it was, it was embarrassing. But yeah. at the same time, I was like. I was kind of like, you know what? It feels good to like take a dinger in the face once in a while just to know you're alive. Right, right. And that's true. That's why we ride motorcycles, right? right? Is to make sure we know we're alive. Yeah, you have to do that. You have to. You know, I always kid around, joke around, but you never see a motorcycle in front of a therapist's office unless the the therapist owns it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so you get, and that's awesome because it made you feel alive again. Even most people be pissed, right? They're, I got punched in the face. You know, I just walked in the door, not paying attention. I got punched in the face. And the way you took it was like, I'm alive. Let's go. Yeah. Um, yeah. Maybe we can edit in uh, the Rev the, Up uh, songs. So yeah. Yeah. And, talking and about. The you know what kind of music Nate's into. Funny thing is, you know, for <laughs> Christmas, I got him a shirt from you know, that yeah. band. From the okay, band. Madball? Yeah. So okay. I got him the shirt the Sick. same time I got you the skateboard from the Garbage Pail Kids. Yeah. Weird thing. He likes Garbage Pail Kids. 
I'm a, I'm a product of the 1980s, <laughs> yes, and I collected garbage pail kids. They're yes. they're uh, dear to my heart. So. Yeah. So um, I got a question. How did you how did you get into this? Like, how did you become? Now, quick funny thing is, we actually worked together at another dealership, which we'll talk about for a very short time. So I knew him for maybe six, seven months, and then you left. Yeah. Right around there. But how did you get into the industry? motorcycle industry? And how did you get to now being an owner? Gotcha. Long story, I'll try to try to keep it keep it uh tight. But basically I'm I'm from northern Michigan, a rural town called Alpina. Um yeah. UP, and right? I yeah, well, not quite the UP, oh, right, okay. right below. Um so I uh, you know, graduated high school and didn't want to be in the little town anymore and wanted to look for more opportunity in life. And I bounced around a little bit. I moved to Buffalo, New York for a short time. And then I went back home and then I moved to Detroit and mm-hmm. I lived in Grand Rapids. So I was bouncing around, but I needed a job. I was a musician. I always played in bands yeah. and, you know, I was a skateboarder and I just, um, I, didn't take life too seriously as far as a career goes. I was kind of a little loosey goosey. When I met to, you, you were that way. You were yeah. very like whatever, man. Yeah. So I um I I got to the point where I needed some income. I right. needed money. Uh, a friend of mine actually started working at a local Harley Davidson dealership in Detroit um, called Motor City Harley. Oh yeah. And uh, he told me they were hiring, and I kind of blew it off at first. But then I seen the ad in the paper like the local paper, I seen that because I was looking for jobs. I'm like, man, there's that Harley dealer. I don't know nothing about motorcycles. I don't know nothing about this stuff. I, I can't imagine they'd hire me, but the ad looked cool. It was like a, like a skeleton, like riding a chopper down the road. It was like, it was like one of those like classic, like nineties yeah. chopper Sweet ads. Like, yeah, yeah. Come here, so I'm like, that looks cool. like, that looks like a pretty cool place to work. And I, I knew someone that had worked there. So yeah. Um, I went in and did an application and just so happened, my buddy was there and he said, let me introduce you to the manager. Um, he introduced me to this lady named Anne, and, um, she hired me on the spot with no experience whatsoever. I didn't know. I mean, I'd never even ridden a motorcycle before. Right, right. And she just obviously was needed some help. Right. right. Um, so, um, well, and you present yourself well, so it wasn't like you well, came at that time, like, I probably had pants hanging off my ass and like, a, like, a, like, yeah, some Jenkos hanging off my ass and probably a Mohawk or something. But anyway, <laughs> she hired me and, um, uh, I got started right away and just, I literally got my teeth kicked in. So was it like, sales? You, you went into no, sales? No, it, it was parts department. Oh, okay. So okay. she hired me for parts. Wow. So in Detroit, um, there's some pretty like rough and tumble like motorcycle clubs. Oh, yeah. and, I mean, I'm, t- I'm talking, these guys would come in and they're, they're looking for parts for their shovel head. Right. 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 You know, these are chopper guys yeah, there. Yeah. I mean, we're talking the late nineties, like 90, 98, 99. Right. 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 So, um, I literally got my teeth kicked in for like six months, just trying to, to learn, learn yeah. how, what motorcycles are, what Harleys, what? and at the same time dealing with these like, um, Rough guys. Oh, the rough yeah. dudes, man. These guys did not mess around, but it and was with cool. no patience, right? Yeah, they, no, they no give patience. You any, they didn't give you any slack. No, not at all. And it was like um, a good learning experience. Yeah. And I learned how to earn respect. And yes. I learned how to like just, um, you know, work with sometimes difficult people, you know, <laughs> difficult individuals are sometimes well, that's uh, hard to work with. So yes. I, you know, you got to have a lot of patience. You got to have a you thick skin. So anyway, I, I worked in parts, worked my way through there into like shipping and receiving. And then really? I was like a, an accessory guy or Chrome consultant. And then in Michigan, it's tough because like half the year, it's really 
cold and snowy. It's, it's like yeah. dark and yeah. dreary and like it's not a fun place to be. So I right. got I I through that position, I really started to connect with the technicians in the back. And I, those are my people. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I love my techs. Yeah, yeah. Like those are my guys. They're my, they're, they're, you know, I, I just, I love interacting with them. Right. And um, similar backgrounds and things like that. So um, I wanted to be a technician. Did you really? I really wanted I to be a that. technician. And those guys were really pushing me and they're like, you have to go to school. You have to go to MMI. You oh. got it. Yeah. That's, that's kind of like the gateway into the, being a technician. Into the industry of that. So of that kind of like stayed in my head and I just kept thinking about it. And then it was just one of those days out where it was freaking cold as hell. And I was like, I don't want to be here anymore. Right. I am going to move to Florida and go to MMI and become a technician. What? So I saved up whatever I could over the next six months. And I literally packed up all my stuff and I moved to Orlando. How long did you work for the Harley dealership? Like Man, I was probably like six or seven years. There was two different hard dealers. Seven yeah, yeah, yeah. Years. I was like back and forth. There was two two dealers that I worked at there. So I ended up in Orlando. I went to MMI, MMI. and I got going. I was probably there like two, three months. What? And it was like I went to the night classes. I was in night oh, school okay. because I wanted to be able to work during the day. Yeah, yeah. And I went into all the local Harley dealers in Orlando and none of them would hire me. Oh, yeah. Oh, I went yeah. into every single one of them, even the ones outside of town. Like Leesburg. And yes. Like, I can't even remember all the Harley dealers at that time, but I went to every one of them and no one would give me a chance. I was like, this is crazy. Like, I have all this experience. Right. I, and you what know, were you trying I, to I go? You were trying to go uh, into service? No, or I, was, I, was going, or I, just wanted, I just wanted a parts position. Really? Um, and to go to school. And so I could become a technician yeah. and work my way into the shop. I mean, I went into all these shops. They just, they, they were not interested for whatever reason. I don't right. know how I presented myself at the time, but they did, I just didn't get the job. So right. I ended up delivering pizzas. And going to school. All right. Um, going to the school was like, it was like almost going to like a juvenile detention center. Yes. yes. It was like, it was like, <laughs> we we're like walking through like the prison yard. Like it was. Yeah. It was sketch. So. And this is what year is this? This is like 2004, 2003. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So um, I, I I got to the point where I was like, this is, dude, this isn't for me. Like, I can't do this. Right. Right. This is, this is not like, first of all, like I really wasn't like really connecting to the mechanical side once I got in there and actually right, had right, to right. wrenches, but on right. top of it, I just, the, this, the, the vibe there was just not oh, yeah. for me. So yeah. I was kind of like in this gray area, what I needed to do with my life. I was just like, You're in a new town. what do I do? What do I do? So a buddy of mine moved to town, um, Brian Raleigh, Brian Raleigh you know, yeah. you know him, and uh, he was my roommate for a little bit and he ended up. Um, getting a job at um, Ride Now. Yeah, uh, in Longwood, came, yeah, right? Yeah, he came in. I think he may have started in Orlando, but oh, he came he? in from home. He told me about the job he got, and he comes home one day, and he's like, dude, I made like $600 today. I'm like, <laughs> what? Like in one day? He's like, right. yeah, I, I sold like two kids' ATVs or whatever. I made like 600 bucks. I'm like, there's just no way. He's like, dude, this company Ride Now, um, is they're based out of Arizona, they came into Florida. They're buying all these stores. Right. They're, they're, they'll hire anybody, and they're like paying really good really money. Good money. It's really good, a good time to be in the side. And I'm like, I've never worked in a metric store. Like I'm a Harley yeah, guy. Yeah. And I just, um, um, I wasn't Hearing sure. You say about that it. is hilarious, yeah. by the way. Yeah. And I'm like, 
I'm not, I'm a parts guy. Right. Like, I'm right. not. And he's like, you got to do sales. And I'm like, I, I don't, I'm not, I'm not a salesman, man. Right. Not, but I really am. Right. You know? Right. Right. And, and, uh, I realized that quickly when I went in there, they hired me on the spot. Yeah. Put me in sales. Your GM was immediately. Joe, right. Yeah, yeah. 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 So immediately I crushed it. And then they're like, I mean, it wasn't even like six months. And they're like, let's throw you in the F&I office. And I'm like, I don't, I, I don't, I don't know, know yeah, what I'm yeah, doing yeah. here. Yeah, yeah. Don't worry. We'll teach you. You got this. We're going to train you. Yeah. So they put me in F&I. I start crushing in F&I. Yeah. And then that's actually where me and you yes. kind of came into play because we ended up hiring you to come in and do sales. Yes. Yeah. And then... I wised up. I, I was getting pretty good. And the place was, I, was and, crazy. And the dealership was, it was like the wild, wild west. It was. It it was. was it, and at that time, there was a lot of stuff happening. Yes. Uh, a lot of. A lot of craziness going on. Craziness yeah. going on and drugs in the dealership. Yes. And yeah, it was just party. Just, it, it was party central. It was party central. And I, and I, just so you know where I had came from, I had never seen anything like that. Yeah. When yeah. I walked so, in there. So I saw you, you were, I could, you were, when I met you, you were focused and I was, and you told me I'm going to be leaving. I'm like, wait, I just getting to know you. Yeah. And I dig it because you're like me, you were focused on the sale, not so much the partying aspect. I mean, right. I can party my ass off, yeah. <laughs> but I wasn't looking, I was looking to make money. You yeah. know what I mean? That's why I went there. So I didn't mean to yeah. cut you off. But. No, no. But so, so basically I got going there, you came on board and then I was like, I'm, I'm out. Like yeah. I'm, I've, I've already put in resumes at other stores yeah. to be a F&I manager somewhere else and get into a little bit more of a professional uh, long-term position. Right. So I ended up, uh, going to a Suzuki dealer and I just spent the next, you know, like seven, eight years there, yeah. just like, you know, finance manager, sales manager, general manager, running the store, taking it from, and, and at the same time, the housing crisis happened. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So we were at like, we were, in the, trouble. We were it was, it was really tough times yes. and I was able to help carry that store through those tough times and keep it afloat. Right, right. And to the point where I built a reputation for myself. Correct. And met some connected individuals yes. that were able to put me in touch with um, um, some buying opportunity to buy my own store. Right. And um, it, eventually I got connected with Rock Northey, yeah. who's my business partner he's today. Amazing. And he's like a mentor to me. He's, he's changed my life. Yes. But um, he basically brought me in as a partner. Yeah. And put in a lot of investment. Um, he was my principal investor in the yeah. beginning and got just me up off the ground. Touch and a lot. Really yeah. Good. So we, we opened that store in Longwood um, or we, we bought a store in Longwood that was going. Which is the original place. Yeah. We worked that together. Yeah. yeah. Which is really cool. Which it was like a full circle story. So we ended up, we, we, we seen a lot of opportunity in Sanford and Rock wanted to, um, invest in that, that side of town and build yeah. a store and, and kind of take the dealership to the next level, add more brands, make it more premium. And I had a big vision for what I wanted to do. Yeah. And, um, we just collaborated like on like an amazing level yeah. and we built the Sanford store today and, yeah. you know, rock is kind of, he's retiring and getting out. So he's kind of, he's you know, made he, his mark. He, he's made his mark in the industry. He's done. He's like, I call him the godfather. Yeah. No, he really <laughs> he's, is. He's just really like, is. he's a really, He's made a major impact on me and this this business, but uh, he's thrown the keys over to me and yeah. and congratulations, um, thank you. And um, I'm gonna see what I can do to elevate it and take it to the next level. So that that's kind of been happening over the past few years um, as he's winding down and I'm I'm moving up. But um, so you, so you that's up, my that's my origin story, right, right. man. So you end up closing, well, not closing, but you you build Sanford, which was the smartest move you ever did yeah. because 
everybody always focuses on Orlando, and Orlando is so like oversaturated with junk. So you guys coming here and, and taking that chance to move it to somewhere that people don't even know. If you are on I four and you sneeze, you pass Sanford, and it's a true statement. Like I moved up here from <laughs> Miami, and we'll talk about mine in a minute. But I've had times where my wife is like, oh, check it out. There was um, whatever in Sanford. I go, where was Sanford? You know what I mean? Right. I, oh, I, right. I've been here maybe before I started working here, maybe twice. Right. So it was a lateral move for us. We had the Longwood store. Yeah. We built that up. We outgrew it. And we decided we wanted to level up. So we built the Sanford store to relocate that yes, business that to Sanford. Yeah. And um, we did a lot of you know research on Sanford. There's a lot of just opportunity here and yeah. growth and development and the people and the the uh, it's changing. It's it's really oh. they, there's kind of a renaissance happening in their downtown community where they're really trying to invest there and make it a historical, yeah. cool downtown. And it's know, got a good vibe. Yeah, unique restaurants, uh, just uh, everything you can imagine. Coffee shops and it's just a really cool place to yeah. come down yeah. and and visit and come down, take your wife to dinner, come, you know, hang out. Yeah. And you feel comfortable. You don't feel like you're in downtown Orlando where you're like watching your back or, yeah. you know what I mean? It's really a neat place. And, right. and I commend you guys for doing that because most people wouldn't have took that chance. Like even with the big store that came first, you know, and then you had the Harley store over there. They were kind of, that's everybody knew about Sanford, to be honest. You know, yeah. you got a failing mall and all of a sudden Sky Power Sports with Ducati yeah. Sanford, you know what I mean? Just yeah. pops up. And right. it, which to me is really cool because I think you brought more energy into Sanford. Like you're, you, you know, we're bringing more people in. You're bringing people that would normally never know what Sanford is into Sanford. Not only are they buying stuff at the store, but they're like, Hey, where do I go eat? So we send them to downtown Sanford. So yes. I think that's cool. I think that's something that it needed. And I think and most people won't, you know, they have to go with the norm. Oh, we have to put it here because a manufacturer wants it. Or, you know, I think right. I can make more money there if I put it in Orlando, you know? Yeah. And it's weird because... It wasn't easy. No. And, I, you know, we'll, as we get moving on here the podcast, I'll tell you more about, you know, how the Ducati thing happened. And so, yeah, no, because so, I want to know. But I want to hear about your origin story. Oh. You heard about mine. I talked way too long. No, it's okay. Like yours is like... No, mine's weird. Just as Yeah, amazing. mine's weird. I grew up in Miami. Uh, just... Growing up BMX racing and skating, and my life was all about BMX. Got into freestyle. Uh, and then, of course, you get your driver's license, and you get a car, and you no longer start riding bicycles, you know? So I uh, I got into building show trucks and stuff like that, and Miami was very toxic where I grew up. And I, I grew up first in a place called Cutler Ridge, and then my parents got divorced, and we ended up in Homestead, right? So it was either... I was really thinking about it. And, and what happened was Hurricane Andrew kind of changed my mind immediately. So we went through Hurricane Andrew. And a week before that, I had come up to see my uncle. And he's like, what are you doing with your life? And I go, I'm digging ditches. I was literally doing irrigation for a guy that used to curse at us all day long, right? <laughs> so I go, I don't know. And then uh, he goes, well, you're up here. He makes me put on a shirt that's too big and a tie that's really long because my uncle's very tall. And he takes me over to casting and fill out application, blah, blah, blah. I leave. I go back to Miami. Hurricane Andrew happens. We finally get power back. I get the phone rings. And they said, hey, we've been holding this job for you. And I'm like, really? So I said, all right, what the heck? It's not that far from Miami. I'll go to Orlando. I've never been there. You know, well, never like stayed. I came up and visited. So I come up. Needless to say, I, I get the job with Disney. I worked for Disney for seven years as an audio technician. 
has nothing to do with motorcycles. I've always ridden motorcycles my whole life, you know, dirt bikes. My uh, parents hated motorcycles, you know, back then. Everybody, motorcycles suck. So I'm working at Disney World and working in the audiovisual, you know, uh, making a name for myself there. And I make enough money to buy my first motorcycle, right? And actually, my wife helped me before she was my wife. She helped me save up money and stuff like that. And I meet a dude uh, out riding, and he's larger than life. His name was Mike Hayes. He still is Mike Hayes. And he's like, what do you do for a living? And I'm like, ah, audiovisual. He goes, you ever done sales? And I'm like, no, I'm not a salesperson, right? So he goes, well, that's kind of what we're looking for. You know what I mean? You, got, you love motorcycles. You're, you, know, you have this thing about you. And I'm like, really? And he goes, yeah. So I, I said, all right. So I put a suit, uh, uh, literally, because where I come from, when you go for an interview, you dress nice, right? <laughs> so I put you know, a tie on and a shirt. And I walk in and I speak to this dude named Alan. And uh, I'm nervous. I'm like, I've never done sales. I, I love motorcycles. I know a little bit about them, but I've never done sales. So he ends up saying, all right, you're hired. He goes, but don't ever come in here with a tie on again. And I'm like, really? All right, cool. So I work for it. Talk about a small world. Uh, Ed, who was in sales, moves into a manager's position. First day I'm there, he's training me. You don't know about this. So we start talking. He's like, where are you from? And I go, I'm from, so you probably don't know. It's Cutler Ridge, Homestead. He goes, what? And I go, yeah, because my wife's from Cutler Ridge. And I go, stop. Yeah. And he goes, no, for real. And I go, okay. And I go, what was her name? Or what's her name? And, and he goes, Alex. And I go, wait, what? And he goes, well, you would know her. He says his last name. He goes, you would know her as, the, you know, Lopez, right? And I go, oh, my God. And he goes, I go, I was in love with your wife. And he looks at me and he goes, did you do my wife? And I go, no, man, I wanted to. We were young. And I go, no, but I wanted to. So he calls her. No, but her. did you really? No, I wanted to so bad. I wanted to. So she was beautiful. She was beautiful. And uh, she still is. And he calls her and she's like, oh, my God. We were, it was like that just, you know, love in, in school, right? So he takes me under his wing and he says, David, you can be a douchebag sales guy. The, you know, script style and, and you know, or you can treat people the way you want to be treated when you walk into a place. And I, and I thought about that. And so he trained me for about a couple hours and he goes, go talk to this guy. I remember the guys. Do you remember the first person you ever sold a motorcycle? Yes. I do too. I remember his exact name. I remember the bike. I remember everything. Yeah. Right. And he, all he told me to do was talk to the guy, talk to the guy, see what the guy's interest is, see what he likes, see if the bike's right for him and he'll buy it from you. And I go, there's no way it's that easy. So I just acted like a friend and got to know him. He buys the bike from me. My first time ever talking to a person, you know, about motorcycles. And I went, oh my gosh, I kind of like this, you know? Yeah. So he showed me more and more of how to be a good person. Don't be that normal used car sales style, you yeah. know, but ask for the sale. Don't be afraid to say, hey, you know, buy the bike from me. You know, yeah. what can I do to get you to buy the bike, right? So I stay there for a while. I get into road racing. I start having really, really a lot of fun road racing. And at the time, Mr. Weber, who owns Orlando Yamaha, he sponsored us. He paid for our races, me, Scott Cuddyham, and a guy named Keith Jones. So I'm in heaven. I'm making money, right? I'm having fun. And I'm racing motorcycles. And some changes happened there. And my buddy Ed decides to move to Tennessee. And the vibe changed in there. So I end up going with Lampy yeah. over at Kissimmee Motorsports. And he's getting into racing. So I'm pushing him and yeah. we're both getting into it. And 
just really a far drive for me in Kissimmee. So I end up even going to Harley Davidson. I worked at Harley for a year, which a lot of people don't know. Wow. I yeah. Yeah. And, I, and, you know, I meet Raleigh at, with you guys, okay. right? With you guys. Yeah. So we start riding around. Well, I leave Harley and I go to you guys, right? And yeah. this chaos place happens. And I kind of love organized chaos and stuff like that. So yeah. I work with you for a short time. Yeah. You leave. And I'm like, damn, you leaving is what made me step back and look because I was like, all these dudes are just partying and going crazy, but I don't see my structure. I, even though I'm a wild person, yeah, I still have structure. I still yeah. have, I want to sell a motorcycle or, or a unit, you know, yeah. whatever it is. I want to have somebody have a great experience. Right. And I didn't feel like I could get that there. You know what I mean? I, I felt like there wasn't a lot of structure there. It was a lot of fun. Don't get me wrong. And yeah. listen, Brian Rowley taught me so much about yeah. The, the paperwork part of it, the, the how to talk to people, how to make them feel comfortable when you sit down with a piece of paper and you're at, a, you know, this deal and they look at you like, you know, and you got to peel them off the roof because nobody understands when you look at an ad on a paper or on a, on a website internet, yeah. And, yeah, on the internet and it says the price is 11995 They think that is your out the door price. And yeah. unfortunately it's not. You still yeah. have taxes. You still have all these things. So he taught me how to kind of explain that. Overcome objections. Overcome objections, right? So I end up leaving there. I And this is when that housing market happens, yeah. right? Orlando's dead. Orlando's dead. The motorcycle industry, there's really not a lot going yeah. on. I'm trying different places. Nothing's working. Raleigh leaves and goes to Chicago, right? Yeah. And he's working at the largest dealership I've ever seen in my entire life. He's calling me. Dude, you, there's nothing going on down there. Come up here. I'm like, dude, I can't even afford a flight. He goes, I'll pay for your flight. Just come up. I go, for real? I said, all right, I'll do that. So I left my family for three weeks out of the month and I would come home for a week. I walked in this place. There's 25 sales guys. There's, you can't see them. There's nobody around. The place is so big. So my first month there, I sold 50 bikes. And wow. it was insane. I had so much fun. So they uh, they start now paying for my flight to go back and yeah. forth because I'm missing my family. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? And you know, living with Raleigh, yeah. it is either a party all the time or it's a party all the time. There's yeah. no in between, right? <laughs> so I'm older. Shout out to Raleigh. Yeah, shout out to Raleigh, bro. You, you know, uh, I'm older, so I can't party all the time like he can. You know what yeah. I mean? So I finally go, man, I got to go back home. I can't do this. I, we're working till 10 o'clock at night from 10 to 10 on Sundays too. It's wearing me out, but I'm making my money so I can take care of my family, right? So I come back. I get out of the industry. I literally start working on airplanes because the industry's still really not good. Yeah. Alex, who I meet in a bar fight in Chicago, not, no joke. I meet him in a bar fight in Chicago. Some guy's trying to jump him and him and his wife. And I'm like, I'm not going to let this happen. So I push <laughs> through them and I turn around. I go, well, if you're going to fight him and this girl, I don't even know who she is, but he had a Chicago cycle shirt on and I'm wearing the same thing. And I've had like 10 shots and a bunch of drinks. And I go, I don't know who you guys are, but you ain't gonna jump this man by himself with his girl. So let's go. Yeah. And he looks at me and smiles and goes, all right, let's go. And these guys just go away. They're like, you guys are crazy, whatever. I'm like, you're going to jump a guy and his yeah. girl. We became close. Yeah. So he moves down to Orlando, works at a place called BMW Orlando on uh, OBT. Yeah. Right. It was a skateboard shop with some the ugliest bikes I've ever seen in my entire life at this time because they were still that older three, yeah, four, BMW five. BMW is really... They've changed. Yeah. They, but let me tell you something that S1000 is what got me back into the market yeah. because, or get back into sales because that bike changed everything. And then, you know, Ducati was coming up with their stuff yeah, and yeah. all these guys are coming up with theirs. So I work for him there, end up working for that dealership. We grow so fast that we move into a bigger dealership on 
uh, what is it, John Young? Mm-hmm. And then I end up going back to my original origins, which is Orlando, right? right? Working there. You hire Alex yep. and at Longwood. He tells you, you guys are open for what, a year at that point? Yeah, so... Yeah, so we had been open for a year. The, yeah. du- the Ducati Sanford du- was open for a year. Oh, this guy was... Oh, how long... So you guys started the whole thing, but you didn't start Ducati for how long? Ducati came on like, I think six or seven months after the original opening. Oh. So there was a bunch of things with Ducati. I had to like, a lot of hoops I had to jump through. Oh, yeah. To get that going. So um, yeah, I guess you want to, are you? you, Yeah, because basically what I was saying is uh, Alex tells you, hey, you should talk to David. Right. And, and Alex is telling me, call yeah. Nate, call Nate, call Nate. And I'm like, I'm, you know, when you sit somewhere and you've been doing this so long, you have a lot of clientele. So I really didn't have to get up very much. Yeah. I had a lot of sales there and people liked me over there. So right. it was, I was bored with life though. Yeah. I was in sales. I was kind of bored. I was whatever. And that opportunity came up where you and I yeah. spoke and I came in. So right. that's pretty much where I am now. I yeah. became the janitor at ducati sanford uh no i mean the sales manager so but yeah. no i'm the janitor based on what happened last week oh ugh. yeah oh yeah we'll get into we'll, that we'll, we'll tell that on another podcast yeah though. yeah so oh my god that just made me laugh oh yeah so i brought you on in what year was that 2019 2019 okay. yeah because you were open 18 right right 18, so yeah with Ducati, so we we had opened where we were opening Sky Power Sports Sanford. Yeah, we were a multi line. We had all these other brands, and I really love Ducati. Like that is like my brand, man. Yes. I just oh, it's always had a uh, a deep like it's in my heart. It, like, everybody, I just I just love the brand, and I always have. And um, I've owned Ducatis, road. You know, it's just amazing brand. But they've had their issues over the years. But I was it's always been a dream of mine to have that brand. So as we're opening up the Sanford location, I was reaching out to Ducati. Okay. And because we had the space, we had a beautiful facility. We had like everything was and like Orlando falling was into place. Crumbling. Yes. Yep. Uh, no, they had already been gone. They oh, they were gone. Ducati literally didn't have a point in Orlando or Daytona. And, and um, so I'm just having a hard time getting through to them. Because of the location? Just, they just weren't really responsive to me in the beginning. Really? You know? Okay. And I think there was um, a changeover in the reps. Okay. Like the the regional managers or whatever. There was right. some type of changeover. Right. And I just couldn't get through. Well, eventually I got through to the new rep, which is, you know, Ryan Niles. Yeah, right. And he Shut was up. responsive to me. And he was like, he wanted to like meet me and, and, and uh, hear my story and, and hear a business plan. And he actually gave me the benefit of the doubt. So he came in. And met with me and he said, dude, like, and he's from Michigan. Yes. Yeah, I'm yeah. From Michigan. Like we just, we connected. My grandparents uh, live in Michigan too, before they passed. And he, uh, he was like, dude, I really like you. Like you, I can, there's something about you. You have, the like, business you, play you, you, you have what it takes to, to do this and do this right. Yeah. He's like, the only issue is Ducati's never going to do it because they want to be in downtown Orlando. Mm. And there's just, there's, there's no way around it. Upper management's like, um, just put their foot down on it. Really? So I was like, okay, man, but 
you, you guys really got to reconsider it. So I just, I, I kind of let it go. Yeah. And I just kept kind of tickling them, sending them emails yeah. and texts and notes and like, Hey man, I'm here. I'm here. We're building this store. Yeah, yeah. This is what we got to do. So I got to the point where Ryan was like, well, let me, you know, one of our higher managers is going to, um, I can't remember. I think his name's Jay is going to fly in. And he wants to meet you too. We're going to oh, go cool. out for lunch and he wants to hear your story. So take him out to lunch and same thing. They're like, dude, we love you, but you got to be in downtown Orlando. I'm like, I cannot put a store in downtown Orlando. I'm already under yeah. construction. Yeah. You're building in a Sanford. Place. I'm building a store. It's yeah. either you get in Sanford or we're, we're just not going to be able to do business. <laughs> and, and I just kept pushing it and pushing it. And it got to the point, dude, I wrote a letter to the CEO, Jason Chinook of yeah. uh, Ducati North America. I wrote a personal letter to him and sent it to him and just telling my story again and what my plans are and my goals and, and what I want to do, what I can do with this store if we put it in Sanford. And um, it's funny, Ryan calls me, he says, hey, did you send a letter to <laughs> to uh, the CEO? And I said, yeah, I did. He's like, well, he's calling me and he thinks that I put you up to it. Oh, wow. Really? <laughs> I'm like, I'm like no, no, man. Yeah. Like, that's I just not, want I'm, this, I, this dude, bad. I, I want this. So yeah. then he, the CEO flew in and met me at the store while it was under construction. Yeah. We went out to a coffee and we, I just went over everything. And just after connecting in person, he was just like, you know what? We're going to do this, man. They're going to take a chance. We're, we're going we're gonna to give you the Orlando Daytona market. And the only uh, caveat is that you, we have to make this an exclusive Ducati dealership. Right. Which is going to require you to do some things that are a little out of tradition from a multi-line power sports dealership. So... You know, I had to build basically a store within a store. A store, yes. Correct. So when you come to our store, you see Ducati separate. Yeah. They have their own entrance. They have we their have own service doors. department. They have their own staff. They're, they're, it's a separate store. Um, and so that's how we did it, which is very different from other dealerships out there. Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, so Everything's I was able, bunched together. Right. So I was able to meet their needs and build, and, and as far as branding and marketing and everything needed to be separate. Yeah. So we are Ducati Sanford. It's not Sky Power Sports, it's Ducati Sanford. Right, so right. I, I I basically was able to check all the boxes for them and launch this store. And they were like, This this is you're killing it. Yeah. Like, yeah. You're doing a really good job. This yeah. is this is working. And so we had this is before you. Yeah. Janie, 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 Janie was kind of running things and yeah. she had uh Jimmy Z. Jimmy Z in yep. there and they were doing a fantastic job. And um um, I got connected with you yeah, and I was like, David would be such a good fit and kind of take us, allow us to elevate and take yeah. things to the next level. Yeah. So Janie was open to like, she was very flexible and you know, she was like, why don't, why don't I go to F and I and you know, you can put, put David in there and let's, let's see where it goes. And so we did that. Yeah. And that's when things just kind of, um, kept like going up. Yeah, yeah man. Yeah. We, we, uh, we really got a amazing thing going yeah so it's crazy so. well and the reason why though is because when i came when you and i sat down i told you i go if i do this i don't want to be like every other store just like we're here right now i said if we're going to do a podcast our origin one this is probably not going to be your favorite one but hopefully it is but i want to do it different you have a vision on the way you do things and we have very similar thoughts. Yours is over here a little bit, but we always end up in the same area. Right? So I said, if you, if we do this, you got to let me do it my way. And if it doesn't work, then it doesn't work. Right. The only thing I wanted is, is just like we talk about like guns, 
stop gun shops and stuff like that. You go in, you never feel comfortable. The guy's standing behind the counter. What do you want? Right. And I always thought about that. And it always goes back to what my buddy Ed taught me, treat them like you want to be treated. Right. If you make people feel like they're not, it's not a transaction. You're being a part of something. They're going to come back. They're going to tell their friends. I know you can't make everybody happy, but you allowed me to come in and you taught me, look, this is how you have to do these things, which I had never been a manager. I was a floor manager, stuff like yeah. that. But I was always kind of afraid to do that because there's so much work involved and so much a headache. And yeah. you know what I mean? But Ducati was rising and I could see that just like when I went to BMW, that S1000 had just come out. Nobody knew about it. And I said, this is going to change everything, right? Huh? When Ducati came out with their new stuff and started changing everything, I'm like, man, I want to be a part of that. And you gave yeah. me that chance, right? right. So you took a shot on me doing what I wanted to do, which is uh, we're going to sell motorcycles. You know, we're going to make profit. We're going to do all those things, but that's not what it's about for me. It right. really isn't. It's about somebody coming in that has had the worst experiences at dealerships or they walked into it and nobody spoke to them or they hounded them or stuff like that. I know in sales it's do or die. I've never treated it that way and I never will, but we've always been successful. We, we became successful and you've done things and allowed me, you've trusted me to take your store and say, well, I'm going to treat it like mine and I'm going to do it the way I want to do, which is I'm going to put people in there. We started with a few different sales guys. We tried a few different ones. We brought Oscar in. Oscar did really good and he learned and I never wanted sales guys, right? I want guys that are good people that can talk to people and I can teach them the little fundamentals about, you know, the sales part of it, yeah. right? And Oscar had kind of that good face yeah. and funny and stuff like that. And people really liked him. Unfortunately, he decided, you know, to go off and do cigars, which is kind of where I got him from. And so what I did for him and what we did for him was yeah. elevate his life right. because he went from something not really doing well to doing really well to now having a new family and doing very yeah. well. And I'm proud of him. And you know, at first I was upset that he left. And I know you were too, because we both kind of dug yeah. him. We went to the Rockem concert. Yeah. You know what I mean? It had a lot of fun. And it's always been that cool vibe on yeah. our side. You know what I mean? And I say our side and I, and I hate that, but it is. It's the the the, the store is divided no matter yeah, what yeah, you yeah. say. You know, no matter we don't want it, yeah. but it is. There's a different vibe when you walk stores, into yeah. yeah. When you walk into our side versus the other side, you still get a great vibe over there. It's very cool. There's a lot of product over there and there's yeah. a lot. It's very overwhelming when you walk in there. Yeah. And that, and that always worried me about that. But the way you put it together, it's not overwhelming. It's very welcoming on that side. Yeah. And that's what I want to do on our side was that whole comfort because you're buying the most expensive motorcycles you can buy. Right. Yeah. So whether you saved up your whole life for it or you're very wealthy, which when we get to our customers coming in, you're going to see the guys that have had hard times to the good times, uh, you know, all those things from, the guy who saves up all his money to the guy who could walk in and stroke a check for the most expensive bikes. Right. And they all feel the same there. Yeah. And that's what I like. And that was, I always thank yeah. you for that because you gave me that. You told me, Hey, let's see how this works. Yeah. And I know you watched, you sat there like, all right, what are you going to do? What well, are you going to do? So my philosophy has been, and I learned this from my mentor and partner, Rock, Rock Northy. He's amazing. Um, two heads are always better than one. <laughs> <laughs> and it's so simple. But when two people can get together and collaborate in a productive way, yeah, you're going to get so much better outcomes. So it's like, it's, it's such a simple thing, but you got to give 
you know, I've learned that you really got to give your people autonomy to be able to make changes and do things and try things. And, you know, you're going to fail sometimes, but that's when you you learn from failure, right? So um, when me and you get together and we talk about ideas, like, you know, it's kind of like we're hitting the ball back and forth yeah, just trying and, and we're trying to just try new things. Right. And sometimes things don't work. Um, and sometimes in most cases they do work. Yeah. Um, cause we just have that collaborative, you know, I'm not mentality. afraid and you're not afraid. You know what I'm saying? You, you want to try something that's kind of off. And I'm like, I kind of dig that because nobody else is doing it. You know what I mean? So I always respect that with you. That was from the first time I ever met you. You were always kind of different like me. You know, we walked in, we were with all these kids, but you and I were kind of off to the side trying to make money and trying to give somebody a good experience. And that's what you did here is you brought that in and you tried different things. You're not right. afraid to try it. Some people don't accept that. You know that. You'll say something in the manager's meeting and they all go, oh, God, great. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because they're all focused on their sales and their yeah. stuff like that. To me, I listen to it and I learn from it and I go, all right, let me see if I can try that. And some things work, some things don't. Right. So right. I dig it. And we have something special coming up, right? Yeah, 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 for sure. So let's talk about the rise yes. to number one. Oh, yeah. You know, how, oh, how did that? So from us opening that dealership in late 2019 and, you know, within five years of being open, we're able to become the number one dealership um, in North, in North and South, South America, America for yeah. Ducati for 2023. And that's just like something that, I remember I go to Italy for the conferences and yeah. you, you yeah, went I to one to go, as well. Yeah. And you watch those dealerships walk up on the stage and get that, get that award. <sighs> this and thing such, here. That thing right there. And it's such like uh, an honor, an honor yeah. and such an amazing opportunity. And it takes, it's so much effort and hard work to get to that. And I remember watching those dealerships walk up on that stage and just like, I just knew that I was going to be there. And that I could get there. I just, I knew it. Yeah. I just wasn't sure how fast we could get there. Right. Um, I like to go fast. I like to win. I, you know, I'm the so, same. so you know, when I first came in, you were in Italy. Right. Remember you were at the first or you were at the, uh, the conference, the conference when I first walked in the door. Right. So, right. right. And it's not, it, there's a lot of heavy hitters in this industry and it's like a lot of the same guys winning it over and over again. And, you know, who know what is Sanford? No one, no, no one knew Ducati Sanford. No one knew at all who we were, what we were. And I was like, you know what, we're going to, we're going to uh, make a name for ourselves. Yes. And I couldn't have done that without your, you know, your work, your effort, uh, the team you built. That, and I mean, it's, it's a lot of this, I mean, sure. We, I mean, We've, we hit the ground running from the beginning, yeah, yeah. but we're just constantly enhancing and trying what we're doing, stuff, trying yeah. new things. And I think putting what we're really kind of put us over, um, was the focus on community, building a community yeah. around the dealership, yep. a family yep. and, um, just really working to build that DOC, the yeah. Ducati official club and working with the ladies um, and making them feel yeah, comfortable. The female riders and just really, um, just going outside the box, you know, looking at our social media, how how can we, how can we go above and beyond in our social media efforts? What can we do? And you know what, the cool thing about the Ducati award, um, it's not about how many motorcycles you're selling. And a lot of, a lot of people out there don't know that, that it's not based on, um, uh, how many bikes you sell and how much, um, revenue, revenue. It's, it's, It's not based on that. Basically what they do is they look at a dealership from all aspects from sales uh, parts, parts service, service, accessories, uh, marketing, just the overall vibe they get. The because store, yeah. believe it or not, a lot of these like 
Ducati executives, high level people in that company from the Italy side and in North America, they watch us. They look at they look at all the dealerships. Yeah, they, they watch they, everything. They follow us. They they keep an eye on things. Yeah. And so basically, they they hand select a group of dealers, and then they kind of debate about it, and then they select who they feel is the uh, uh, the best choice. Yeah. And they 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 well, picked us. So. Funny funny story. So when you sent me last year, which let me explain to you what sucked is that they did. And I'm not going to lie, I feel some type of way about that. They did a digital conference this time because when we found out we were, we won, Nate and I, first words we say is we were going to walk through on that stage like gangsters. I was going to float across that stage. The reason why I'm telling you that is because when you sent me last year, I'm meeting all these amazing people from everywhere, all these big names from Spain, you know, all these, these Ducati dealerships that you're like, oh my God, that's California, you know, that's New York, that's, uh, you know, all these places. And they're all meeting me and they're like, dude, you're cool. Where are you from? And I go, Ducati Sanford. And they go, where's that? And I go, <laughs> you know where Orlando is? And they're like, or I go, you know where Disney World is? And they go, yeah, Orlando. And I go, we're about 45 minutes north of that. You're in Daytona? No, we're a little bit before that. Yeah, yeah. So they didn't even know. So yeah. it kind of goes back to that. You taking that chance to put it in this place yeah. of a place that nobody ever heard of. Right. And when you watch the live thing where the guy says, Ducati Semford, you know yeah. what I mean? You, it, the people are like, wait, what did he just what, say? Yeah, what, what was that? What was that? And I get that to this day is like people, you guys won. How did you win? Right. And, it, and it's not sales. It's the whole thing of that. The whole picture. The whole picture. They look at everything from your customer service uh, surveys. Your surveys to your Google um, reviews. Google reviews. I mean, they look at everything. Yeah. Uh, your followers and, and you know, how active you are on social media and, and what you're doing to stand out from competition. Yeah. So, um, and it was cool, man. Like when we found out, I I think when they called us and we were all in there and the fact that we got to get Janie in there and Jim and we had one of, uh, oh, not one of, uh, we had, uh, the sales guys, both sales guys in there, Cody and Zion. And we had Brian and we're both sitting there and we're on camera and we're looking at him and, and the way he's talking, I'm thinking, did Ryan just resign? Because he goes, oh, it's been a long process. And, you know, and Nate and I have been working together. The way. And I'm like, oh, wow, he's resigning. This is really weird. You're thinking he was going to be, off. yeah, it's going to be an unveil or something of yeah. a bike they're going to show us. And I'm like, why would they show us a random bike? So I didn't even think about it. And then he says, well, we're going to let you know that you guys won the best dealership. So all I heard, to be honest, was north and south. So I thought we won the region. Yeah. Right. And then so I walked out. I was like, wow, that's cool. Everybody's congratulating me. You turned around, Kajay, give me a hug. I'm like, wow, that's cool. We won the region. And and was it you or was it one of them goes, I go, that's cool. We won Southeast and Northeast region. And they go, no, dude, we won North and South America. Went, wait, wait, what? Because when I was there, it was the big names, like you said. Yeah. It was. Well, the cool thing is we're a big name now. Yes. <laughs> we are a big name. Right. We're coming for you. Yes. Um, I, I, I said, let's do like like uh, a three-peat, you know, let's be like the Lakers oh, or damn. The, the, the Bulls. No Jordan. pressure. We're like Jordan era Bulls. Yeah. yeah. Like we're going to three-peat yeah, yeah. this thing. Yeah, right? yeah no. So we're really, we're, we're going after it. Well, you know, what's funny is when I told you that, when we went there and I always wanted it, you know that yeah. I wore your ass out. I want to win. I want to win. Whether it's Southeast, I want to win. So from the time I walked in the door, you know, we get our monthly thing where we're, you know, for the Southeast, it's, you know, South, West, North, all these, you know, art. And I'm always in the top three. I always wanted to be number one. I know that sometimes we have good months, we have bad months, but we'd never stay off that top three every month. Right. So I was always really proud of that. Right. And then we go to, I go to Italy, blah, blah, blah. You know, I see all these guys went and I look back and I go, 
I told you, I go, I'll be honest. I don't think we're ever going to win that. I really don't because they don't know who we are. And that's how I took from that because every time I talked to somebody, they didn't know who Sanford is. Now they do. Yeah. But what I didn't do was go home and mope and frustrated. I did, forgot about it. I said, let's just keep going. We'll go to the next step. Yeah. And we started doing yeah, social so, media. So we, so we hired hard. a videographer to yes, help us Christina. elevate our social media game. Christina Coffee. Yeah. she is the best. She's so cool. Um, love working with her. She's just taking us She made us, us to, do this. Yeah, yeah. Because was, we tried one and it, yeah, yeah, it was, yeah, it was yeah, okay. But yeah. So she's amazing. We got involved with charity work in the community yes. you know, with the DOC and working with you know, um, children in need and Advent um, health, Advent yeah. health. Um, we did the, uh, bicycle Toy. drive yep. with Tony and, um, the, what's the name? Oh, the sharing center. Yes. The, with the sharing sorry, center. I apologize. Yeah. Yeah, the yeah. sharing center, um, Advent health, the, the drive for the, toy, the, uh, the, the school supply drive. You changed that though. Yeah. Just so you guys know, he went into a bank and he saw this little thing sitting over there and and he asked the people behind the counter, hey, what's this up for? You know, oh, well, you know, we have a, was it middle school? Yeah. Yeah, middle lo school. Local middle school that's struggling. We're trying yeah. to get supplies together. And it was, um, um, it wasn't, the, the basket wasn't getting filled right, up. Right, it wasn't getting filled <laughs> up. And so he asked them, hey, do you mind if we help out? And of course, they're probably like, yeah, whatever. How many people say that? But here comes Nate. And comes to, to our meeting and he says, hey, guys, this is what we're going to do. And you guys have to stand behind it and do it. And of course, we're going to stand behind what he asked. And we fill up two like side by sides full of like really good stuff. We're not going to give somebody something that's cheap or anything, not because of who we are. It's because who we are. It's not because we're a Ducati dealership or a Sky Power. We did it because, you know, we're not we want to give something to somebody yeah. that's not going to, you know, get destroyed or whatever. Yeah. So we all spend extra money just to do it and make, you know, make well, them yeah, have quality stuff. You don't want the kids stuff. showing up with like the crappy yeah. like backpack and but stuff. Like some, of these, some of these kids are underprivileged or whatever. And they just, you know, if you're giving them junky stuff, that's not going to boost that's their future. That's their future. They're, you're not going to boost their yeah. uh, confidence. So, yeah. you know, buy the nice bag, buy no, the good pencils, buy yeah, the don't be erasers that don't smudge. And, you know, we all so, have good months, you have bad months, yeah. bad months. But let me tell you something. Every time you do that, it makes you feel good. And one of the things you don't know, when kids come in with their parents, half the time they come in, I buy them the little motorcycles. <laughs> I do. I, every Because you know why? The first time I ever walked into a motorcycle shop, I'll never forget it when I was a kid. And the way they treated me and they gave me something and I can't remember what it was, but they gave it to me and I held on it for so long. They're our future. They're the ones that are going to want to buy bikes. Those are the ones going to do it. But little boys and little girls, when they get those little motorcycles that we have, you know, the yeah, little, little toy, toy bikes, the yeah. toy bikes, and I give them to them, the parents freak out. Like, why are you? Oh my God, thank you. Why? And I'm like, no, because, you know, they're kids. You got to do that stuff, right? Yeah. And I love that about that is because for $8, $9, I made this kid smile all day long and the parents come back. That's what was cool to me is we That's did That's what sets us apart yes. from other stores. Yes. Just little, little things like that, incremental things that, we should do it live. Yeah. Open the door for somebody. Don't talk about politics. Um, you know what I mean? Just those <laughs> things that we forgot about in life and we do it in a motorcycle shop. Right. You know what I mean? That's what I totally, dig about. Totally. It. I, so let's, let's, let's talk about future plans. Yes. Like what, what do, you know, we, we got to number one, um, you know, when you're on top of the mountain, dude, like the, people, they the start coming, they, they start coming after you. Yeah. So we want to, you know, it is what it is. That's going to happen. But, how do we elevate and just continue on in 2024 to set ourselves apart and, and continue to just like win, 
um, take care of customers on a whole other level, give that customer experience. Yeah. Just, just, where, where are we going? What are we doing with this thing? Ducati the Dave? winning thing. Sure. Whatever. That's going to be a plus. But what I, what we talked about and when, one of the things I told you, I always dig about you is you're willing to step outside this box and go, well, let's try this. So we got this new thing doing or doing what yeah. we have this new thing that we're going to do, which is called the race to 200, which will coincide with the Daytona 200 and all those things. But it's basically when you buy a bike from us starting January 1st, there's going to be this new thing that we're going to do. And the, the the family, the new family members and our regular family members that buy so many bikes from us and return and repeats are going to be a part of this. Right. And at the end of the year, the race to 200, which I'm going to let him explain, but at the end of the year, we're going to have a big party for everybody that, that came in and, and was participating and bought a bike from us. Right. So tell us a little bit about what you okay. have. So I just, I came up with this idea where, he did you know, it by himself. <laughs> well, I, and I told you the idea and you were like, I, I love dig it. it. I love yeah, it. Yeah. So anyway, well, really did. It was so in, I can't remember going back to 2019, but uh, in 2020, let's say we sold 150 we sold that new, new Ducati motorcycles. And then 2021, we sold like 165 yeah. or 175. Yeah. So um, this year we're going to sell in that 170 range, I think. Yeah. If we stay, um, if, if, we, but that's we, not what I want to do. Right, I want right. to go higher. Well, okay. So, build. so we're, yeah. we, we sell in that, that range. So you yeah. guys know we're being transparent with yes. how, how yeah. many new Ducatis we sell. We sell about 170, 175 a year in a place called Sanford. And, um, we, the market, there's a lot of opportunity in our market to sell more Ducatis. And you got to think there's other dealers selling into our market too. So there's just, there's, you know, we might be missing some sales here. Yeah. And, there. and we sell. So dealers. at the end of the day, this is a 200 unit market minimum. So we feel we should be able to sell 200 bikes. So I'm like, how can we sell 200 next year? Set a goal, sell 200. Hopefully we sell more than that, but yep. uh, we want to set a goal, a minimum goal of selling 200. And how can we, Include and our customers in that, our family. you know, and our family yeah, our new in family. that. Um, so I had an idea, well, let's certify each bike we sell um, as, you know, um, one of 200, two of 200. Three. And they won't so, know what they're getting. So that we have a, a special, we had these special um, hologram, um, really cool um, certification stickers that we got. And they're numbered stickers. Um and we're going to, as each bike sells, you're going to get a number. Yeah. And we have one through 200. So it's going to start January 1st. And, you know, that whoever buys the first bike of the year is going yeah. to be number one. Yeah. And then it's just going to go throughout the year and you're going to have your your select number. And then at the end of the year, we're just going to throw a, a kick-ass party for everybody, um, for the 200 individuals that purchased from us in 2024. Yeah. So the stickers are really cool. They're, they are. they're, they're, uh, it's something they, different. They, they, they look limited edition. So we're going to go through and do this certification process on each bike with the customer and you're going to get your number. So we are, um, super, and super stoked. Yeah. To do this. I'm really excited about it because nobody's done something like this. Right. Yeah. When you really think about that, they only focus on, you know, whatever sales. This is not just about the sale. This is about being a part of something. And and you can put it on the bike if you'd like. I, I would hope they'd want to do that. But if they don't, they say, oh, I don't, I'll, I'll put it in my paperwork or whatever like that. Yeah. As long as they're happy wherever it goes, I hope that they, they show it proud. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Because 
my favorite thing is when I, I'm at somewhere or I talk to somebody, oh, I met Ducati Dave, or, yeah. you know, I was talking to somebody that knew you and stuff like that, and they bought their bike from you, or they want to come and do this stuff. This is going to make it even more special. And I feel like an infomercial right now because it's kind of fun. <laughs> but I, I really think that you thinking this was cool. Like, Well, I've, what, what my thought was like, so you got a DOC meetup. Like these guys are going for oh, a ride. Yeah. And there's a group of 25 guys on Ducatis and they're hanging out and they're having coffee or whatever. And they're like, hey, so when did you get your bike? And he's like, oh, I just got it last month. Oh, cool. What number are you? You know, so yeah, they're yeah, be like yeah. kind of like it's kind of yeah, it's not a not a competitive it's not a, it, it's not a competitive thing. It's no. just kind of like like oh cool, you're in the club or whatever. You're yeah. in, the, in, in so yeah. people. So I found a Ducati like yes. with their limited edition bikes and they love showing they off. love showing off yeah. their numbered bikes. Yeah. It's so super cool. So I'm like, well, how can we do that? Like it's not. You know, no, it's it's more fun. It's it just really a, it's a fun, fun spin on having yeah. a numbered bike because everyone wants a numbered bike. Yes. so we're having fun with it. Yeah. Don't take it too seriously. No and but, disclaimer: you can't pick yeah, your number. Yeah, and you cannot <laughs> pick your number. So we have certain customers that are very they they're so into this number thing. Oh yeah, they want to pick their number, and yes. unfortunately, it's gonna it's gonna come as a ghost. So, yes. So, yeah, yeah, and but, and I hope you guys join us, and I hope you like what we're doing. I know this is kind of weird, and um, you know, there's so many podcasts out there. And this is for you guys. Like we're going to involve you guys. So I want you guys to ask questions um, when we post this stuff, if you want to be a part of it too, because you know, we have a select people that we still, we're going to start from here and start working on. Yeah. So we'll always have a guest. Yes. For after this one, after yes. this one. So this is, this is just the kickoff. Yes. But we will have a guest and we are, we already got probably six or seven solid people locked yeah. up that are oh, yeah. going to be, very their stories are amazing yeah, very cool yes. stories yeah. it's gonna be it's gonna be a really fun and it'll be you whichever one yeah, yeah. you fun, guys are fun gonna thing be a to part listen of it. to so yeah. um i can't wait yeah man i i am excited it's gonna be fun dude this has been cool oh yeah um you finally you guys finally get to see our trophy we waited on we're so proud of it um thank you nate for doing this and wanting to do this thank you for making me ducati dave you know what I mean? Like, seriously, if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't be here and we wouldn't be in this place right now. You know, thanks to the pod. Yeah. These guys are cool. They yeah. they did this thing for us to make us feel a part of something. And I yeah. dig that. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Super cool. So, but most importantly, subscribe. Yes. You know, get on our social channels. We're on TikTok now. We're on Instagram. Um, probably most active on Instagram. Yeah. Um, but we're on Facebook. You know, follow our social channels. Get involved. Um Follow our Ducati uh, official club, club yeah. uh, has an Instagram as well. Those guys are doing amazing things with uh, rides and charity and events. Yes. And then um, actually tomorrow night, uh, this podcast might be a little uh, later. A little yeah, late, a little later. But, but uh, we're having a party tomorrow night for the award. It's at 73 Moto in downtown Sanford. So thank all and, our family uh, members we're gonna, for helping Yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty amazing. Yeah, so, yeah, no, it's cool. Um, Thank you for watching and uh, have a great day. Bye -bye.